0: Um, So um, my question is, what's your excuse? If Karen can do that, what's your excuse? Um, So start now. One, two.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Go Vertical podcast. My name is Warren Utzi, and I am joined with uh, Nick Jordan here tonight from Black River Falls, Wisconsin. I'm from Sparta, Wisconsin, and uh, we have really, really enjoyed uh, the podcast the last two months. Hopefully, you have as well, and we have learned so much. Um, So, Nick, welcome, and uh, are we all ready to go vertical together? That's good. Vertical. All right. All right. So just a little bit about going vertical every week, we try to have a guest on that shares their story on how they went vertical in their business, mostly around the roofing industry. Uh, But it's always fun to have somebody on uh, who might not be directly involved with the roofing industry, but it has went vertical with their life. And so we hope that you can take away a tip from this episode and from some of the others that help you go vertical in your life, because that's what we're trying to do every day is get better than the guy we were yesterday or the guy we were yesterday. So uh, Nick, I know uh, you have a, a couple opening comments um, and then I have a story I want to share before we introduce our very special guest this evening.
2: Awesome. <clears throat> Great intro, Warren. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. Just a couple of quick uh, housekeeping things. I just did want to mention um, I've, I've kind of touched on the, on it in the past, but just wanted to say uh, if you guys want to reach out, I do link uh, our contact info in the description. Um, for the episode. So if you look wherever you're listening to it and um, look in the description, you can find links to um, our Facebooks, to my email, um, however you wanna reach out. Um, so if you're interested in learning more about roofing um, or business, reach out to Warren, or you know, if you're interested in business or marketing, or whatever, reach out to myself. Um, I do also link our guests' info as well. So if, if uh, the guest said something that really resonated with you and you wanna reach out and uh, learn more, um, I have the contact info there so just want to make sure people know that uh, it's I try to make it easy like easy as I can for you uh, you guys to get in touch with us if you want to reach out
1: perfect so you got a dad joke for us tonight Nick
2: I got a question for you so <clears throat> you guys know um, the people that that uh, brought the uh, paralyzed guy to Jesus to get him okay? Um, you know why they were so special?
1: <laughs> I don't. Because their faith was through the roof. Oh, I like that. They probably needed a roofer actually after that. after they, the, Yeah. For those it's of like you that. who don't know the story, they cut a hole in the roof because Jesus was so surrounded by yeah. his followers and listeners that they cut a hole through the roof and lowered down this paralyzed man. Yeah. It was through the roof. I love it. Have a faith that's through the roof. Yeah. Have a vertical faith. Hey, there's Casey. Nick's daughter is joining us tonight as well. Peeking in. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. I have a story tonight. It's not a very fun story, but it happened to a family in Idaho. And uh, it's kind of a roofing nightmare. And I've heard of these stories before. Uh, This guy just handled it a little bit different than I would have. But here is the story. That was done by East Idaho News in Spirit Lake, Idaho. The story goes like this. A local family has been living without a roof for more than 20 days after their roof was removed by a contractor they never hired. It's a site Jessica never thought she'd come home to. This is a nightmare. This is absolutely the worst thing I could have imagined, she said. June 1st, my daughter came home from school to find that people were removing the roof off of our house. (laughs) Their house is now covered in a tarp with no explanation except for a letter left by the contractor which (laughs) says there had been some miscommunication and they were sent to the wrong address. She understands people mess up, but now no one's taking blame for the issue. So this crew came in, and I get it. It happens. We've never done it, but it has happened. They came in and tore the roof off. And instead of making it right right away, they just sent a letter out saying they're working on it. So 20 days later, they still don't have a roof. They said it's leaking really bad. They've had to replace some flooring. And now they got a bid to replace all the damage plus get a new roof. And they're looking at about $70,000. And the story wow. goes on. Uh, you can look it up if you want to. But it's, it's pretty tragic, honestly. And the roofing company just claims they're working with their insurance on getting the roof fixed. So... Anyways, pretty crazy um I don't know what I would do in that situation if I was the the customer, but as far as the roofer, I think I would do my very best to get a new roof put on there immediately that's It's, it's a nightmare for sure, so do
2: you think homeowners insurance would cover the roofer tearing off the wrong roof
1: well i think I think it'd be good to turn it into homeowner's insurance and let them fight with the liability yeah. insurance of the roofer.
2: So just trust that's insane. I can't, wow. yeah. I mean, I get, yeah, I get it happens, but then just to be that family stuck in limbo is that's wild.
1: Yeah. So one thing that we've used <clears throat> the last couple of years to really help us with locations of, uh, and you can drop a link for this, Nick, I think I've sent you the link, but I will send it to you again so and put it with the podcast, but a product called uh, an app called company cam. Yep. And what that does is, it allows me or my brother Philip when he's doing an inspection to create a profile and uh, pick a bunch of pictures of the roof. And then when the guys are in the close by, you know, the vicinity of the area, they open company cam. It'll show the project and the project name, and that has helped us a ton. They can look at the pictures and make sure it's the, the correct roof. Um, and sometimes they are in question. They'll Facetime me or my brother Philip, and we'll talk about it. So it'd be like if if our guests sprayed the wrong field. <laughs> so that's a little bit of a hint but anyways we're gonna get right into this and uh it's definitely my honor to introduce my good friend my turkey hunting buddy uh my farmer friend who is from the great state of iowa uh just about two states i guess one state away from us uh andrew moore is with us tonight from iowa and andrew is a young man that i got to know over the last about two years and just really been fascinated with the growth in his life and, and the mature young man he is. I'll let him share his age here a little bit later. Uh, but I believe he's, he's either in his late teens or in his younger 20s and uh, just been remarkable. So, Andrew, welcome to the Go Vertical podcast. Uh, thank you for taking time out of your extremely busy schedule to share some insights with both Nick and I and our listeners. Welcome to the podcast
0: thank you warren i am so excited to go vertical with you guys
1: absolutely yes. love it so you were in the hayfield today weren't you
0: i was until about 20 minutes ago yeah
1: <laughs> plenty hot for you we had about uh, 100 it's only, and... it's
0: only 100 degrees here in northern yeah. missouri you had air conditioning in your tractor at least we do um when the tractor's running but uh when all the equipment's broken you're actually out in the field working on the equipment yeah. which tends to be the story of our life so uh, yep. uh, but yes we are blessed with a couple of <clears throat> fully cl- enclosed cabbed air-conditioned tractors so yep. can't complain too much
1: absolutely hey just to start off um before i'm going to turn it back over to nick and let him have ask you a few questions Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background um, and your age. I'd like to like you to share your age because that's kind of what we're going to focus on tonight. Is you know going vertical at a young age and you know really taking thought for every action. Maybe before it shows up in our mid to late twenties that we took some really bad we made some bad decisions. Um, sharing sharing some insights with that later on, of course. But share your age, where you're from, and, and tell us a little bit more about yourself if you don't mind, Andrew.
0: You bet. So I am uh, twenty years old. I'm from the, uh, I'm actually from Northeast, I, or Northeast Missouri. Warren was close. Okay. I I'm originally from Southeast Iowa. So, um, just 20 minutes away across the border. So, um, basically when I'm in Iowa, I'm a Yankee when I'm in Missouri, I'm a rebel. Um, okay. so I- I'm actually a rebel all the time, but, uh, anyways, um, so yeah, I grew up on a cattle farm here in Northeast Missouri. And uh, so learning about business was something that you did just by getting up and going to work every day. Um, The biggest thing I learned at a young age is the hard work. I still remember at age three, I would get up early in the morning and I would go and my job would be to fill five gallon buckets full of feed while dad and grandpa went out and uh, carried the buckets out to the troughs to feed the cattle in the lot and I would be the, the guy that would swap out the buckets and open the valve and fill them up and close the valve and move them out of the way. Of course, that, the buckets were about uh, 70% my size at the time, so it was a lot of fun. So, yeah. and, and so I learned about the hard work it takes to run a, a, a farm, and um, a lot of the business side of things came later. But I think one of the things that being a farmer really prepared me for was how to manage multiple enterprises. So, I mean, we've got one operation, we've got a cattle operation. We've got a, within that one operation, we have a cattle enterprise. We have a, and within that cattle enterprise, we have a custom grazing enterprise. We have a cow-calf enterprise. We have a backgrounding enterprise. um, We have a heifer development enterprise. And then within the larger farming operation, we have a custom hay operation. We have a, a grain crop operation. And so looking at the economics of balancing multiple enterprises and how what the kind of management it takes was something that uh, I learned at a very young age and I'm very thankful for. So um, that's kind of uh, my uh, my upbringing, if you will. I think that in terms of my recent business endeavors, um, what has helped me the most is um, I, I was someone that I think had a lot of trials and challenges early on in life. Um, when I was 11, I had a, I had a, a hip surgery, um, and so that took me um, away from sports, and I uh, was actually in a wheelchair for a few months. And so I, I kind of knew what it was like to have hard times early on and to, to go vertical, literally rise up from those kinds of challenges. Um, and so the the endurance it takes to do that. But also, as corny and cliche as it sounds, at a very young age, I was infatuated with leadership. Hmm. Um, I, I still remember being a uh, freshman in high school. I was very involved in FFA, uh, which some people know as Future Farmers of America, and um, we would go to these trainings and they would teach about how to be a servant leader and so I spent a lot of high school involved in those types of organizations learning about leadership um, studying leadership I was reading John Maxwell books I was reading Craig Grischel books and the neat thing about um, the business that I started two years ago is it finally allowed me to take those things I learned about leadership from a more academic level and apply it to business apply it to real life make real change and impact real people and uh, so i love what i do very much
1: wow that's awesome absolutely well nick do you have a couple questions for andrew to kind of uh maybe bring out a few more points he can make for us
2: well the the
1: one thing i thought was
2: interesting is uh just the synergy in your guys' upbringing and how you both kind of cut your teeth by hauling around buckets of grain. So <laughs> we heard we in- talked
1: about that one episode, didn't I?
2: Yep, you said that's how you kind of grew up too. So yep. Um, so the key to
1: raising to raising kids, I guess, is make them haul buckets of grain. Yeah,
2: yeah. That's right. Yep. If you want to learn how to work, that's it. Um. So do you want to just touch a little bit to Andrew? I don't um, know how much you got into it, but on um, your the other business that you have, um, Acres to Profit, where you um, assist other farmers as well.
0: You bet. So uh, when I was a senior in high school, I uh, started a business, um, and so you were eight, was,
2: eighteen at the time, senior in high I school. I was
0: eight. I was eighteen years old. Okay. I started my business a week after I graduated high school. Wow! And it was in May of twenty twenty. Um, of course, if you remember what was going on at that time, nothing was, uh, because we were in the middle of the pandemic, which, uh, led me to start my business. Actually, I had a lot of internships lined up and different jobs lined up for the summer and they were all canceled. Hmm. And so I'd been thinking about starting this business for several months and I decided, you know, the summer of 2020, you know, I'm just going to jump right in and go for it. So What it is, is I, uh, it's very consultative. Um, I uh, make plant nutrient and soil fertility recommendations for farmers all across America. Um, So reading soil test, reading plant tissue analysis, looking at NPK blends, as well as full micronutrient packages. And then I I work with a manufacturer who manufactures the products um, that I then market. And so I'm very i um, thankful to work with a great company that manufactures very high quality products that I have confidence in and to recommending to my growers. And so uh, that's the the nuts and bolts of what I do. I offer some uh, more advanced products, some plant growth hormones, uh, some um, sugars and biostimulants and seed treatments and chemical adjuvants to just help make their lives easier and really uh, help their crop um, sort of um, – be the best that it can be. And so I love what I do. We've grown a lot in two years. Um, I've been able to work with growers from Wisconsin to Texas, from Michigan to Idaho. Um, wow. And uh, wow. I never, I never dreamed it possible. And um, I love what I do.
1: That's awesome.
0: Amazing. Um,
2: so Do you ever find, you know, working with people all over the country, obviously, does your age, is it ever get in the way or or do people ever be like, oh, this kid doesn't know what he's talking about. He's, you know, half my age or whatever. You know, I'm sure a lot of farmers you deal with are maybe a little bit older than you.
0: Yeah, Um, it's funny. Most people don't know what my age is um, until they meet me. And then even then they guessed me to be older than I am. Um, I don't know what it is. You know, uh, I just, I'm one of those guys that <laughs> I came out of the womb just, uh, talking like a 30 year old, um, and acting like one. <laughs> oh literally. So, uh, I, I don't know why I, and I don't mean to brag on myself. Everyone says it. I don't know why I'm so mature, but yeah, typically, um, Typically they don't know how old I am until we show up to an agronomy training or, a, or, a, or a meeting, or I go to their farm and I meet them and they, they realize that I'm not as old as they thought. But, uh, as far as your question goes, um, I've not had an issue yet with my age. I work with a lot of, uh, growers that are local to me. Um, of course they know how old I am cause I'm the neighbor boy and, um, I've had nothing but respect from them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that goes a lot with the credibility that my family has in the area. The credibility I already had built um, as someone that um, has high integrity and as someone that um, does everything to the best of their ability. uh, They have no doubt that I would not make a recommendation to them that I did not think was absolutely the best fit for their operation. So, um, no, it's, it's not been an issue so far. That's awesome. So you talked a little bit about, you know,
1: coming out of the womb. Um, I guess my question was like when you were, you know, you talked about your hip surgery at age 11 and that that had a huge impact on you. What about like when you were 13, 14, 15, 16 years old? I'm sure there was actions and decisions, actions you took and decisions that you made that set you up for who you are and where you are today you know, if there's somebody listening that's maybe in their teens or maybe they're in their early twenties, what, what would you, what advice would you give to somebody who's maybe really wants, you know, to be successful, maybe they're entrepreneurial minded, um, but they're not sure what to do with their time. And you talked about the business gave you the opportunity to really put to work what you had learned. You had talked about the John Maxwell books, what you had learned ac- academically. Um, what what should these guys be doing that are maybe between the ages of fifteen and twenty three? Who maybe they're working a day job, maybe they're in school. And what are some? Would you have some some life advice for them? Uh, maybe some things that you did or didn't do that set you up uh, for who you are today and where you're at today, Andrew.
0: I have two pieces of advice. Number one, figure out a skill that you need to develop, and completely go after it full throttle just focus on one skill Um, example so growing up we were a very sports oriented home my dad coached little league football my brother played high school football my next-door neighbor was quarterback for the Iowa Hawkeyes so um, it was kind of ingrained in me that I was gonna be a football star I played uh, as a little boy I, I played baseball I played basketball I was very active until my surgery And then that changed my life because I couldn't do those things. So when I was 12 years old, my dad forced me. He made me. I went kicking and screaming. He made me go to a 4-H public speaking academy. Just a 4-H public speaking academy where they teach you how to speak in front of people. The number one fear in the entire world the majority of the population would would rather have a stroke than get up and speak in front of people. And I learned how to do that at age 12. Um, And I practiced it in class. I would, I would always be the the person that the class called on to give the presentation or to be the speaker in the debate. And then I got into high school and I got an FFA and I did the creed speaking contest and I would do all these different contests. I did scholarship contests. I did everything to hone my skill of I wanted to, I wanted to be the best presenter, the best public speaker that I could be. That's just mm-hmm. one skill. And I learned how to hone in a skill. And then I started a business and I knew nothing about how to make a sale. I had never made a sale in my entire life, but I knew how to develop a skill because I'd done it. And so what's the next skill I start working on? I start working on how to make a sale, how to talk to people, what is the sales cycle, how to build rapport with people, how to find their pain points, how to solve their problems, how to explain features and benefits of a product, those types of things, how to go for the close, those types of things um, that really helped me out, and 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 I had a strength to to sort of catapult into the next skill that I need to build. I had the confidence in my speaking ability that then I had that same confidence translate into the other skills I needed. Huh. So so first piece of advice is develop a skill um, and, and just go full throttle developing that skill. My second piece of advice is, uh, I know Warren's heard of it, Nick, you probably have too, uh, the 10,000 hour rule, okay? Mm-hmm. That is you become an expert at something after you have spent 10,000 hours researching it. In other words, virtually no people spend that much time researching a subject. So when I started my business, I knew I was 18 years old. I knew I, I had never put a, a crop in the ground in my life because um, we just did cattle and hay at the time. I knew I would be talking to a lot of farmers that, uh, that knew way more than I did. So I did everything I could I bought seven or eight books about soil fertility and plant nutrition. Mm. I went to conferences. I I got around the right people to mentor me. And I literally at this point in the last two years, but I have put 20,000 hours into (sighs) becoming an expert at farming soil fertility and plant nutrition. Wow. So um, and I don't say that to brag on myself, but become an expert at something too few people most people are too lazy to to become an expert at anything um so become an expert and hone in a skill and once you decide what business you want to start you're going to go vertical so fast if you've done those two things
1: that's awesome so i i like that there's i see people who try to become an expert in a lot of things or maybe everything i've done it myself you know Hey, I want to add this to my business or I want to start consulting this or whatever. And I go chase it for a little while, but never put in the 10,000 hours. And I'm very familiar with that. And um, yeah, that's it's very evident that you've done that, Andrew, and you've built a remarkable business. And it's always exciting to be around Andrew because he is extremely positive. And he's extremely confident. He mentioned that a, a couple of times that certain things gave him confidence. And confidence doesn't come naturally. You have to have an experience or you have to to be around a mentor that can train you to give you the confidence to go out there and and you know. Andrew's now in the consulting business. He consults farmers and he shares experiences with them to help them, you know, raise their profits. And at 20 years old, he's probably training guys that are three times his age. And that's that's the point I want to make on this podcast is age is just a number you can, you can start today and maybe you're already 35 years old and you're listening to this podcast and you're like, man, I just wish I would have started when I was Andrew's age. Well, you can start today. You can start with your 10,000 hours, you know, figure out what, which skill you want to develop and go for it. Put in the 10,000 hours. It seems like a lot, but it's like we've talked about before, which is being disciplined and getting up and doing it every day. So it's awesome. Well, yes, sir.
0: A, a, uh, a wise man once told me, all distractions are equal.
1: You got it. That's right. So, uh, stay so focused.
0: Stay focused. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, sir.
1: And that's mm-hmm. our good friend, Charles Herbster. Charles W. Herbster. Andrew and I have both been mentored by him. And some of the business conferences he referred to were put on by Charles W. Herbster, the owner of the Conklin company, which we both buy products from, actually. And Nick is also a distributor for and, and uh, builds websites for a bunch of Conklin distributors. So, yeah, we have learned so much from that man, haven't we, Andrew? We have yes, learned sir. A lot. yes, sir. Yes, sure. sir. All right, Nick, do you have any other thoughts to <laughs> add to this or any questions for him?
2: Yeah, so, I, well, you kind of touched on a little bit, Warren, but um, I'd be curious to hear Andrew's thoughts on – you know, advice for and maybe it'd be the same advice. I don't know. But um, he kind of gave advice for for younger people. But what about someone who's in their 30s and 40s and is like, Oh, man, my ship has sailed, you know, I could never do that. Or maybe they're doing one thing. And they've thought about expanding, but it's like, how could I ever, you know, add another thing to my plate? Um, What would you just say to someone in that position?
0: Well, regarding the the latter half of your question, adding another thing to my plate uh, or to your plate, um, I didn't mention this, but I'm a full-time college student and um, getting a a degree in agriculture from the University of Missouri. And uh, also now, uh, at least for the last eight weeks since class got out a full-time farmer and uh, um, building this business. So uh, it may sound contrary to um, what I just said, but I, I view the world, I, I don't like categorizing your life. I believe you're the same person everywhere you go and you shouldn't box up your life, but I kind of view things in, uh, in sort of spectrums, if you will, or that may not be the right word, but um, um, in other words, everything I do is to better the main thing okay Mm. so i'm getting a degree in agriculture a to meet more business because a lot of my business has come from college b the ten thousand hour rule to learn from people that know more than me um and to learn business skills um because i'm taking some business classes but also um i'm as i was sharing before we started today i'm really big on making sure that i walk the walk and not just talk the talk Mm -hmm. so i'm a farmer because I want to make sure that I'm learning stuff in my own field, um, by the own, by the same products I market that I spend my own money on, um, that I'm recommending to farmers. Um, so with that being said, uh, I, I think that, um, my simple answer is stop making excuses and just go do it. Um, Warren and I have a friend who has built a massive business who does, a huge amount of business in the agriculture industry and she's a quadriplegic uh, who's wheelchair bound and she Mm -hmm. has built her business with her phone and she has helped so many farmers. I mean, a lot of farmers. Um, So um, my question is, what's your excuse? If Karen can do that, what's your excuse? Um, So start now. Um, Frances Childs is a Uh, is a legend in the ag world. He was the first person to ever grow 400 bushels of corn and he broke and set the world record corn production in the last five years of his life. So it is never, ever too late to start Start now.
1: Wow. That is awesome. It's remarkable. So we're going to probably shift gears here a little bit, but you commented something earlier about, um, your family and their reputation what what was it like or what is it like doing business with your family, with your dad? Um, talk to us a little bit about that relationship, maybe the impact it's had on you, but also maybe some of the challenges. If there is challenges, I don't know if there is. I've never really spoke closely to you about this, Andrew. I have met your dad, um, but let's talk a little bit about the father-son relationship or the father-daughter relationship because a lot of young guys, like let's say they're a first-generation entrepreneur, when they try to get out of the nest, so to speak, you know, their, their dad tries to keep them in because they're afraid they're going to fall on their face. And for me growing up, my dad was an entrepreneur and he was all for me taking calculated risks. You now he taught me to do that, but I'd like to hear your perspective on doing business with your dad as a young man and and maybe some things that, that you went through that could help our listeners if they're in that situation.
0: There's, uh, there's multiple levels to the dynamic The dynamics that go with um, doing business with family. Uh, As I look back, you have to understand our family history a little bit. Um, As I mentioned, we have always done crop or we've always done cattle. We've always put up hay. The last time, Warren, our family put in a crop uh, was 30 years ago. Okay. 30 years ago. So before I was ever thought of, right? So I have never seen a crop on my family's farm uh, in my entire life. Um, I, my dad was a rock star dad um, in terms of supporting me. I uh, there were at least two summers in high school where he would have loved for me to have been in the a, in a hay baler helping him, but um, you know I was state officer in FFA. I was traveling. The summer of 2019, I spent nine days sleeping in my own bed and my dad, uh, my dad supported me 100% because he was smart enough to know that what I'm doing at that time would make me a better person for adulthood. And so he's the most supportive dad I could ever ask for from a business perspective. He is my toughest customer.
2: Hmm.
0: He is my most challenging customer. Hmm. he's my most needy customer uh, he every every question about everything uh, he has about farming he calls me first um, and and he's a farmer and he's well networked in farming and he knows a lot of people but he calls me first so there are challenges with that because he drives me to be an expert hmm. he drives oh. me to know my career I'm just going to say he drives me to know my crap, to know what I'm talking about. Yep. Um, And with that being said, what he has seen me do with other farmers and the successes they've had um, has given him a confidence in me that I never really expected. Um, And so I will say when I started this business two years ago, there was a lot of tension in our household um, from family members that really wasn't sure if this was the right path for me uh, that thought maybe I was destined for greater things than to sell fertilizer Um, I don't view it as just selling fertilizer obviously but um, he has seen me being able to help so many people in the last two years Uh, I have been blown away if you would have told me two years ago that within 18 months my dad would buy a $12,000 corn planter And he would buy a $5,000 sprayer that he would spend five to $10,000 on tanks to store my products that he would then go on to buy $27,000 worth of inputs from me that I market. uh, And then another 20 grand worth of inputs just to put in a crop this year for the first time in 30 years, I would have said, you're crazy. You're insane. My dad will never, ever, ever do that. Well, he did it growing season 2022 we are growing a crop, um, for the first time in 30 years, and it's a really big deal for our farm. And, um, yeah, there's more stress than there's ever been, but there's more pride in what we're doing than ever before because the hard work is there. And so, um, I don't know if I answered your question. That's been my journey. Um, not everyone's blessed with the dad that I've got. Um, but, uh, I wouldn't rather farm with anyone else or do business with anyone else. And um, I'm looking forward to continuing that relationship.
1: That's so cool. And yeah, and I, I mean, of course my dad wasn't perfect either, but that's one thing he did was support us kids, which there's seven of us children. We, we are all very entrepreneurial minded and he supported us. um, Not always every day, but in the overall picture, he supported us. And Nick, you can touch it on this a little bit too, but it's really cool. Cause one of Nick's hobbies slash businesses is he does, he's actually licensed and insured for, um, fireworks and to shoot off fireworks. And it seems like without, you know, without missing a beat ever, his dad is there right by his side when he's doing a fireworks show. And that's really cool. But, uh, Nick, would you want to touch on that a little bit about the support your dad has shown you and what kind of impact that had on, on you and your business?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, my dad is a business owner now, um, but he started pretty late in his life. Um, and so um, I, you know, I didn't have necessarily that uh, perspective growing up that you guys did of, of, you know, parents that kind of ran their own business. Um, but definitely he's been, you know, supportive, um, and I'm really grateful for that, you know, having that support. Um because obviously you hear stories of people's whose family doesn't support them and says, Oh no, you'll never be able to make it or you can never do it or anything like that. And it's, it's huge just to know that um, they're behind you and they support you. And, and, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a really big deal. Um,
1: So I am grateful for that. Yeah. And if you don't have a dad or a father that supports you, you know, maybe, maybe you need to go look for one. You know, maybe it's somebody you go to church with, or maybe it's a neighbor. Um, I know Andrew and I, and, and Nick probably all have those guys in our life who are kind of a father figure to us and, um, you know, find somebody who does support you and who, who maybe they're already at where you want to get to, or at least they see the vision like you see it and they want to you know go alongside with you. So absolutely such great advice from you, Andrew. I really, really appreciate it. And, you know, you're not in the roofing industry, but, um, you came up here last year and we had some fun. We put some roofs on. He saw one of our nastiest projects from last year and, and, uh, we, we both like the Turkey hunt, he's much, much better at it than I am, but he, he mentored me in my Turkey hunt and ended up being very successful at that, uh, last spring. And so we got, got to go vertical on the roof and, and work together. So that was a lot of fun. Um, Andrew, anything else you want to add for for these young guys who are listening, I think we have a fairly young listening audience and I would say most of them are roofing contractors. Um, What do you have to say to them about, you talked a little bit about attending conferences and one that you and I talk about some and maybe if people are listening who are already involved in the counseling company know know what this training is about a little bit, but it's called successful sales manager training. You and I both attended that, but what are some trainings you would maybe recommend or what has, what is attending conferences, uh, business conferences, leadership conferences. What has that done for you or what are they important for everyone or for only certain people? What do you have to say about live conferences like where
0: you get together with people in your industry and learn? It's about CQ Warren. Connectivity quotient. Okay. Uh, we've all heard of IQ, your intelligent quotient, how smart you are. Well, your CQ is how connected you are. Um, life and business are about relationships. You will not go vertical unless you have the right relationships with the right people. Hmm. And uh, conferences um, get you around the right people who have the same frame of mind, who have the same goals, many of which have been where you want to go. Um, You cannot lead someone where you have not been. Therefore, you cannot be led by someone who has not been where you want to go. So you need to get people uh, that have been where you want to go. And and the best way to do that is industry conferences um, and so on and so forth. And I'll I'll put a shameless plug in every August. um, There's a, there's a conference that one of my current business mentors started taking me to when I was 16 years old before I ever, ever knew we would be involved in the same company. Um, and uh, they took me to the global leadership summit and uh just a phenomenal phenomenal conference about leadership and it's not just leadership it's leadership negotiation how to have tough conversations just those kinds of some of which are more um abstract leadership concepts some of which are very much hard skill based and so um that's a that's a great one to look into and there's so many other great trainings the minute you the minute you stop learning is the minute you stop growing, so you've got to be a lifelong learner. And I would add this: it's not directly to the question that you asked, but it made me you made me think of this earlier about mentors. Um, I always tell people there's three kinds of mentors that you need to get. Okay, you need to get someone that is a business mentor or an industry mentor someone who is an expert who has the heart of a teacher who will teach you and lead you Um, so somewhere in the sphere of your business and your your industry that you want to go you need a mentor number two you need just an everyday general life mentor when you're just facing tough challenges maybe it's a relationship a friendship your marriage Whatever it may be, you need someone that you can go to in confidence and say, hey, I'm dealing with this. Can you help me? Hmm. And then number three, you need a spiritual mentor. Okay, you need someone who has strong faith, um, who has is rooted in that faith um, and can lead you in the right direction, um, who who knows what absolute truth is, um, who has strong convictions and uh, can mentor you. And you know what? there's some overlap in those three. I can think of a handful of people that would fit any one of those three categories for me. Um, But when you're looking for a mentor, make sure you, you have a mentor in your business life, your personal life and your spiritual life. And you'll probably find those people at those conferences.
2: Hmm. Wow. That's great. Um, What would you say? One thing I was thinking about as you were talking about connectivity, quotient and relationship obviously as far as peers and mentors and and people to help you in business, what would you say about relationship as far as customers and clients and how important is it and how do you go about establishing that type of relationship?
0: Yes. Um, this is one, you asked me a question. I need to get better at this full transparency. Um, I, uh, I, if you are, um, one of the things that we talked about was, you know, with the conferences, there's a training that Danny Johnson does, and there's a book that she wrote called First Steps to Wealth. And she talks about different personality types and traits, um, which there's, there's dozens of things like that, but hers are very practical and useful. And I'm what she calls a Ruby personality. Mm -hmm. I like to, um, get in and out have a quick conversation i like to get down to work i'm very competitive i'm always on the go Mm -hmm. um but my second personality type close close second is i'm an emerald so i'm very analytical Uh, i like to go deep uh understand the specifics of how processes work um and i I say all that to, to to answer your question um I'm not great at building rapport with people. I'm not great at just calling someone up just to check on them. I like to have a reason. Uh, I'm not great at, at, um, doing those kinds of things that it needs and that you need to build a relationship with someone. Um, I'm kind of all work, no play. That's just my personality. And so, um, but I would say to that point, understand what their personality is. Um, and that will help them. Uh, a pearl is someone I mentioned Ruby. I mentioned Emerald. A pearl is someone that just has a big heart. They're always caring for other people. Um, they are the kind of person that'll call you up just to make sure you're okay. They will break their back to help you. Um, and then the, the final one is a sapphire. The sapphires I connect with the least. They're the people that uh, are, it's, it's all about fun. They don't really. They're not good at differentiating fun from work, and uh, they're they're always having a great time. They're always fun to be around, but they want to get work done as quick as possible to go have fun, to go on the lake, do those kinds of things, and uh, and. But when you can understand what makes people tick like that, um, you can really connect with them. As far as the importance, which is what you asked me, it's so vitally important. Um, I want my people that I do business with um to be my friends because I talk to them more than I talk to my own friends I talk to them more than I talk to my family a lot of times Hmm. there's a certain person I do business with that I talk to literally more than I talk to any one of my family members Hmm. people do business with people they like and trust like and trust Um, so if you can build a rapport with someone and they can learn to trust you, then, uh, then it, it should come pretty easy. It's
1: awesome. It's great. great. It's really cool.
2: Well, I think that exhausted all of my questions, Warren. I'm just kind of, my mind is just kind of full right now processing. So,
1: Do you see why people think he's older than 20 years old? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think I think that is. I mean, people are listening to this; they're probably thinking, "Yeah, he doesn't sound like he's twenty years old." Well, yeah, you know, if your biggest fear is people, scare, you know, being able to hold you are, you're probably not going to have the confidence to speak like Andrew does. Yeah, and he has that confidence, which is really cool. And when you have confidence, mm-hmm. people trust you, and that's part of what he just talked about. So that's really cool. Well, Andrew, thank you so much. This has been a ton of fun, and you've been on uh, some of our team conference calls before and and I was so excited when you agreed to coming on this Zoom pl- or this uh podcast with us and talk a little bit about going vertical. And I'm really excited to to be in business with you and and see where your business takes you the next 10, 10 15 20 years and and you're going vertical so fast. Uh seems like uh way ahead of many many people your age and so it's going to be really exciting to see Uh, where god leads you and and where you where you go with your life so super exciting um any more comments before we let, let you go back to fixing the haying equipment
0: um i i just think that if you want to go vertical you need to listen to this podcast uh uh sounds like nick is this kind of person but i know warren he is great at training people he is great at building relationships with people um, and he has a lot of experience. And so I would say keep listening. Give this podcast a good review. Um, uh, however they do that, maybe Warren and Nick will tell you how to do that. And, um, and don't forget to have fun. If you learn to love what you do, uh, then you, you will go vertical very fast. And so um, have fun with what you do. Life's too short not to enjoy it.
1: That's Great. exactly right. Hey, hey, Andrew. What's the number one farming podcast you would recommend if somebody's on here like, why are roofers talking about farming? But maybe they have a hobby farm. What? What's the best? What's the best podcast you know in farming?
0: Okay, yeah. Um, there's several great ones that I listen to. My personal favorite um, is a podcast called "A Better Way to Farm." It's the A Better Way to Farm podcast. Um, I actually was on an episode, I think probably 2 or 3 episodes ago that just released in the last couple of weeks. So be sure and hit that up and listen to that. Hopefully in the next uh, 12 months Acres to Profit will be having a podcast as well. Ooh, so be on the lookout nice. for that. Maybe awesome. I can when that maybe when that podcast is released, I can get the Go Vertical guys to promote it a little bit.
1: You bet. There you go. I'll be the first one. Hey, speaking of promotions, uh, we talked last episode about freedom and living in America, and we asked, uh, people that they had a little, they had a little task they had to perform and, uh, there would be a, some recognition. So I want to give a shout out to Michael Uti, who's actually my brother from Marshfield, Wisconsin, the owner of roof tech, who, uh, responded to that. And I'll just share your text that he, the text I'll share with you guys, the text that he sent me earlier today. And the text was, I'm thankful that we have a constitution that was set in stone almost 250 years ago that is still very applicable to today and still the backbone of this country. Additionally, I'm thankful for founding fathers that brought the constitution to fruition. And so that was, we asked people to share something that they're thankful for about America since we just celebrated the 4th of July. And now I'm going to send in one of the, the founder's speech books. So... A little shout out for Mike and in, in uh, Marshfield, Wisconsin from Rooftech. So, Andrew, uh, we talked a lot about you and your business. What's the best way people can get a hold of you? Or do you want to give out any contact info, a phone number, an email address, or social media contact? Uh, maybe they want to pick your brain. Maybe they want to follow your journey. Uh, what's the best way for them to do that?
0: You bet. Uh, I am on Instagram and TikTok at Acres to Profit. I have not posted a lot of content yet, but I actually filmed a whole bunch of videos today to get up so um, you can follow me there and uh, and you can send me a direct message and I'd be happy to respond and give you a call. So um, and sometime soon I'll have a Facebook. I started with Instagram and TikTok, but be on the lookout for Facebook. So um, that would be great. Awesome. Perfect. Great. Awesome.
2: Awesome. All right, that. Right. um, so let's, uh, just shut her down real quick. Um, but, uh, one thing I kind of like to ask is, I guess, what's your takeaway from, from this conversation or what are you going to use to go vertical, um, this week that you learned, um, I'll start, I think the the 10,000 hour reminder was, was a good reminder, um. It's sometimes easy to get distracted by just business and and you know everything going on in business and running and managing it that you forget to be consistently honing your craft. Um, and so that was a good reminder to keep on you know honing and becoming an expert regardless of you know whatever life is throwing at you or business or whatever so.
1: one thing Nick is really good at is building websites. He's really good at building websites. And so um, you can check out our website just to take a look at it. It's seamlessroofsllc.com. You can check that out just to see some of his work. Um, But he's that's a skill that he is honing and he's getting really, really good at. And that's actually how we connected. So, uh, yeah, my takeaway, you know, that that probably the thing that stuck out to me the most was when Andrew said that he hasn't really dealt with people worrying about his age. And so that's something I used to really deal with. It was something that I was, you know, I wasn't confident about was my age. And so that really stuck out to me. Now, if you're young, you just, just keep working on your skill and your experiences until you have confidence and don't worry about what people think. And they probably won't think negatively about, you know, your age or whatever it is that you think might be holding you back. So that really stuck out to me when Andrew said, Hey, I don't really deal with it. And I can see why now it's because of his confidence in not only his, you know, leadership, but also in, you know, he read all these books, he put in the hours, he now has the confidence. Like when he's recommending me to put something on my field, I can just hear it in his voice. Like this guy's for real. He's not just trying to sell me something he's sharing, like something that's going to help me profit more on my interest. So it's really cool. But yeah, Andrew, any, in, in a 30 second nutshell, what would your takeaway be from the the episode?
0: Oh uh, man, I said so many things that just uh, just uh, reminded me of what I need to do better, and uh, so I I would uh, I would just uh, say, you know, your question uh, I think it was Warren that asked it. Uh, I need to go to more conferences. Uh, I've been slacking off. I've been too busy on the farm, and so I need to schedule some things where I can get around the right people to kind of reset and uh and uh and just focus on business for a while and so my takeaway is i'm gonna try to find a new conference to go to um by the end of this year and get around Mm -hmm. some new people
1: (laughs) that's awesome great
2: love it well thanks again andrew we this was amazing to have you on and thank you so much for taking the time um you did our job for us and asking people <laughs> to leave reviews. So, um, we do have some reviews. Thank you. we we've, we've read uh, the reviews that have been left and we're really grateful for that, uh, for the people who have written reviews. So, um, please keep them coming. We do uh, pay attention to those and, and, uh, I think Apple podcast allows you to, to do reviews. Um, so you can leave them there and make sure to subscribe or follow or, or whatever it is, depending on what platform you're on. But, um, yeah, we appreciate everybody's support to uh, keep this thing rolling. <clears throat> oh, the Lord. All right. Well, you guys ready to go vertical the rest of the week? Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody.